The way we consume and share news today it is largely rooted in social media outlets, a reason why it's crucial for us to look at what's being discussed online from the hottest issues to trends for our daily social media minute. We're joined by Erica. Good morning. Hello. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Ah, a sigh of relief. Ah. <laughs> Any plans for the weekend? Mm, work. <laughs> Or that, or that the weekend is exactly the same as a yeah. weekday. Ah, I, I can sleep in a little bit more okay. than okay. you know Monday through Friday. Yeah, so. that helps a little that's bit. That's that's a bit of a break for me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll actually talk about an exhibit that maybe some of our listeners who have more downtime may be able to visit over the weekend yeah. before we get there. How about this? Tikti to go on display in France for the first time in 50 years. We should first explain what, what? is it? <laughs> <laughs> of course. So Tikti is the world the oldest existing book printed with movable metal type. Mm. And uh, it's being displayed for the first time in 50 years at an exhibition all the way in France. <laughs> Questions like, why is it there? Yeah. Now, according to the National Library of France website, Tigji um, mm. will be shown as part of its exhibition on the history of printing technology. Ooh. And the exhibit is set to run from April 12th through July 16th. So a period of Three months yeah. or so okay. after See, it opens, yeah, we're streaming the images one. right now of That's... that book. The oldest book printed with movable metal type. The oldest existing book, that okay, is. Okay, so the oldest surviving book. For, yeah. I mean, for, for a book that survives the test of time. It's in good form. Yeah, and maybe, I mean, they did it justice by keeping it hidden all this yeah. time, right? True. You said this is the first time in half a century that the book, currently kept at the mm -hmm. Library of Paris, is open to public. What's the full story there? Yeah. Yes, so um, Jigji was first shown to the public back in 1900 at the Paris Exposition in France. Uh, the book gained worldwide attention for the first time when it was displayed at an exhibition hosted by the National Library of France to mark the International Book Year back in 1972. Now, late Park byung who was working as a librarian at the library at the time, proved that the Korean book predates the Gutenberg Bible. Whoa. Yeah, uh, but since that 1973 exhibition, the Korean book has never been seen in public. So it's a big deal that's yeah, being showcased. Okay, so can we tell listeners what the book is actually about? We, sure. we get it's the oldest existing book printed with movable <laughs> metal type, but what's the content? Yeah, so the book is about the teachings of great Buddhist priests. That makes sense. Um, it was printed at Hungdoksa Temple in Cheongju, which is roughly 112 kilometers south of Seoul. Uh, it was printed uh, during the Korea Kingdom mm. back in 1377. Uh, this was 78 years before the Gutenberg Bible, uh, which was the earliest substantial book printed using metal type in Europe. Mm. Now, several museums have pushed for plans to rent and display the book, but uh, were rejected every single time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's been in storage for a really long time. And how well the book uh, has been preserved all these years and how it will 
be displayed uh. are drawing a lot of attention from just regular people and of course scholars, mm. you know, historians. Mm. If there are building suspense, I mean, job well done. I think so. Right? I mean, there were all these calls to maybe display in different parts of the world. Yeah. I'm sure there were similar exhibits in different, I don't know, in Korea, for example. Yep. <laughs> but here for the first time to be displayed an exhibit in France. Mm-hmm. So it turns out Tixia consists of two volumes, but only one copy of the second volume currently exists and it's housed in this French library. That's right. So the book was known to have been acquired by the first French minister to Korea um, uh, back in the late 19th century. Uh, the book was later, uh, it went to a French collector when it was up for auction in Paris in 1911 and it was donated to the French National Library in 1952. Uh, in 2001, it was confirmed by UNESCO as the world's oldest book printed with movable metal type and it was included in its memory of the world program i I wonder how do you become like an actually like a dedicated (laughs) collector and how do you develop an eye for such an eclectic set of items Mm. i've got to say because to me and my naked eye it would just look like an old book ah oh no another old book (laughs) (laughs) all right on to our second story today the 2023 national brand dub exhibition what is this all about yes so so this is an exhibition uh, that highlights a number of, let's call them ancient Hallyu <laughs> stars. <laughs> and uh, this exhibit kicked off at a museum in Seoul on Thursday, just yesterday. Uh, the 2023 National Brand Up exhibition is taking place at an underground path leading from Ichun Station to the National Museum of Korea in Seoul. It's going to take place for six days. And uh, the exhibit basically aims to reflect on the historical background of Hallyu the Korean wave uh, or the global popularity of Korean pop culture around the world. Clearly capitalizing yeah, on the high wave. Of I mean, if there are obvious connections, why not? Yep. This year's exhibition is the 12th of its kind. It's sponsored by the Cultural Heritage Administration. And uh, yeah, since 2009, this exhibit has been taking place annually. And mm. the whole goal is to help increase public awareness Mm. or global awareness of the country's national and cultural brand. Now, according to the Voluntary Agency Network of Korea, or simply VANC, there were a number of Hallyu stars who fascinated people all around the world throughout Korea's 5,000-year history. I'm sure maybe Hallyu is not how we know it or recognize it, (laughs) but something of a Hallyu star status. So which, quote-unquote, ancient Hallyu stars are we talking about today? (laughs) They are famous historical figures that all Koreans know, including King Sejong the Great. Am I the only one that's cringing just a little little, bit? Well, that's how they chose to market it. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Legendary naval hero Lee Sun-shin. They're both from the Joseon dynasty. Uh, They also include independence fighter Yu Guan-sun, Kwang Geto the Great of the Goguryeo Kingdom, poet Yun Dong-ju, Admiral Chang Bogo of the Shilla Kingdom, and Chang Yong-shil who is known as a genius scientist from the Mm. Joseon era. We call them we in Korean, right? Yeah. I mean, something of a national hero. Uh, these these people who changed the course of yes. history and we're calling them Hallyu stars. Labeling <laughs> them ancient Hallyu stars. Yeah. I can't quite decide if this is genius or cringy. <laughs> you decide for your own. We're talking about it, yep. so maybe it's working. <laughs> it looks like these ancient Hallyu stars are not just limited to people either. Maybe things or yeah. uh, maybe even inventions. That's right. And uh, just uh, artifacts even. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 
the exhibition features a bunch of things, including, you know, hand axes from the old Stone Age, bronze mirrors from the ancient kingdom, Kujuson, uh, the Kema Musa, uh, which is an ironclad cavalry armed with steel weaponry from the Koguryo kingdom. There's also a gilt bronze incense burner from the Baekje kingdom, uh, gold crowns of Shilla, uh, you know, the Koryo dynasty Celadon, mm. and the March 1st independence movement from uh. 1919. So it's basic, it's, it's a bit of a history lesson yeah. at the same time. Um, visitors can also compare the cultures of Korea and member states of the Association of Southeast Asian Nations mm. through um, displays about the Omar Ali Safuddin Mosque in Brunei, uh, the Shwedagon Pagoda, which is a sacred place in Myanmar, uh, King Ramkangheng of Sukhothai, which is the ancient kingdom of Thailand, Cambodia's Angkor Wat, and Ho Chi Minh, the father of Vietnamese independence. Okay. Yep. So basically, the organizers really want to stress that with over 150 million fans of Hallyu around the world, it's time to think about, uh, seriously think about how to take that global popularity mm. of Hallyu to the next level. I mean, think about who organized the event. Vank knows yep. how to stay connected with the young and those who actually love to follow Hallyu as That's we know right. it. And so to make those connections, I think is smart. Mm-hmm. How do we get there authentically? That's going to take a little bit more work. But for now, yes, yep. there is value <laughs> in our own history. Yes. <laughs> and on to our final story of the day. So I'm sure you've seen the after effects of the cyclone Gabriel that hit New Zealand, but I'm sure you haven't seen anything like this before. Oh. <laughs> Heard of cows swimming to safety in floodwaters. This video made me so happy. <laughs> me too. Because I love cows. You do, really? Yeah, they're one of my favorite animals. <laughs> they have the kindest eries. They do. Yeah. The deep-set eyes. That's that right. That to tell an entire story. Yeah, so there's this incredible footage uh, of uh, a herd of cows that uh, that are seen like swimming across the, the floodwaters yes. to safety. Uh, their paddock was dramatically flooded okay. as a result yeah. of the the recent the cyclone, yeah right? the recent cyclone. Now more than twenty cows on a farm in Hawkes Bay faced potential death when flash floods and rising waters completely swamped their paddock earlier this week. Uh, the water was up to their necks, mm. and the cows were at severe risk of being swept down the river and drowning. Mm. But this particular herd of cows managed to swim over half a kilometer to safety. Now a local vet service shared the story on Facebook explaining how the cows managed to survive and explained how their owner played a part in the herd's survival by their owner, I mean the farmer. Now in the video, the owner is standing on high ground. Okay. Uh, they're looking down at the cows and the herd loudly calling to the cows to guide them to safety. You know, and the cows are seen like swimming towards the owner. <laughs> and it's the sweetest thing. Obviously, there's a, a deep connection between the yes. farmer and the cows. The cows love yeah, the farmer and yeah. the farmer loves the cows. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and just we're streaming the, the video as yeah. we speak. And all you see is kind of these blurry images of the floating cow heads go coming towards <laughs> the owner. Uh, I wish we can put a sound on it because there's something really sweet about that moment. You got to see it in the full. I know. Sound. And I, I literally because I have a cat, I imagine like 20 cats. Rubies, coming to <laughs> yeah, coming to me. <laughs> because my cat does come running to me when I call her. Oh, every single time. And I've got to say, you have a really special cat. I know. I have a beagle, and he rarely. Uh, 
returns to my callings. But hey, oh, that's so funny. actually, imagine 20 beagles. That actually makes my heart melt, too. Right. Something special about that. Right. I because I normally don't associate cows mm. to being that closely connected to their owners. Either. Or that they can swim. I had no idea cows <laughs> were such good swimmers. Swim. They're surprisingly good swimmers. Actually, they can swim up to a couple of kilometers, actually, no. at a time. But only when they're forced to, like in this situation here, <laughs> they want to live. So they'd rather not. They'd rather not. Exactly. Okay. Now, uh, viewers on social media, they've been responding to this video. Um, you know, one wrote, mind blowing, totally thankful they came to their mama's call <laughs> and are safe. Another person wrote, beautiful, brave girls. So glad they're safe. If that doesn't melt your heart, <laughs> I'm not quite sure what will yeah. check out the video if you yep. haven't already. Our listeners are saying, oh, feel good story. Yeah. Thanks for ending on a high note. <laughs> My pleasure as always. Have a great weekend. See you next week. Bye. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.